Welcome everyone to Coffee Mornings and Champagne Nights. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kaylee. Join us with a cup of coffee or champagne for candid conversations about life, goals, business, and love. While we laugh about how we've gone from party sidekicks to kick-ass boss babes, still managing love, parenting, and modern living. From reminiscing to setting goals, let's raise a glass to some relatable girl talk in each episode. Hey, hey. Hi. Hello, everybody. I feel like I always sing my you hello. definitely sing your intros. I think you even sing like when we're finishing. Do I? Do you like to sing? <laughs> World's worst singer. Oh, uh, my voice is beautiful in 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 the bathroom, in the shower, or in the car with the radio up, oh, max volume. In the car, I'm like the world's best backup singer. Oh, I'm front and lead for sure. Um, I'm hoarse by the time I get out. Oh yeah, for sure. Full concerts are performed. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about. Let's talk some business today. Let's okay. talk about um, markets, uh, I guess, in different industries. Like, do you feel like, and I mean, this can be multiple industries, but in your industry in particular, do you feel like the market is oversaturated? So you're a salon owner and there are salons all over the place. So do you feel like it's oversaturated? Do you feel like maybe that hindered you from wanting to open a salon? What are your uh, thoughts? Absolutely not. You don't think it's oversaturated? No. Okay. I mean, like, there are so many aspects to this question, though. Because, I mean, just like everything. Think about the bread aisle. You go to the store and you want a loaf of bread. You're going to walk down that bread aisle and you're going to gravitate towards a specific type of bread, whether it's branding of the package, whether it's a commercial you saw, whether it's flavor, whether it's whatever, something, yeah, something is going to make you gravitate towards that specific type of bread. Or let's talk about our favorite topic other than business, alcohol. You're going to walk down the alcohol aisle and there are going to be multiple versions of vodka or champagne or whatever, but something the, my favorite way to pick out a new uh, drink, whether it's wine or vodka or whatever, is a label. Really? Like, like the prettiest one? Or the most unique one? I'm like, really? Okay. So it's branding. You think, so that is an answer uh, around you think branding has something to do with it. Absolutely. For me. And I feel like once I learned this and once I became confident in this, this is what scaled my business to a new level. Now, granted, I will always sit here and say that I will never be where I'm content of being next year. Like, I am just in my pattern of past to current, I have always looked for scaling forward, moving forward. Um, so for now, for my foreseeable future, I see me always wanting to progress and grow. So I feel like this mindset will continue within at least the next couple of years. 
But what has gotten me from where I was to the point that I am today to the point that I want to be at is the mindset of I am good enough. I am good at what I do. I know my shit and I will own it. And like, as long as I'm putting in the effort to be at all of those points, I will be okay. I will be a fit for someone. Like, I used to worry about not having enough clients. And now I'm like, if I don't have somebody new beating down my door, I'm okay. I'm looking for the right clients. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And I think there's something to say about there is a customer or client at every price point, hands down. And I think with us for being in the industry for so many years, I think we've grown our, um, our prices, obviously, because the more knowledge and more, you know, the longer we've been in the industry, hopefully your price reflects that. But there are people that are so comfortable paying the least amount as possible. And then there are some people that are like, screw that. I want the best of the best, no matter what it costs. And so it's, it's branding is kind of how it comes back to it. You know, it's so funny is like used to, I tried to fit within other people's budgets. And like now I'm totally comfortable going, if you do not want to pay my pricing, I'm okay with that. Like I'm not going to shift and fudge my pricing to fit into your budget. I know my value and I know my worth. I know what my education point has been. I know what I've invested. Like, I'm okay if you don't want to pay my pricing. And if you have shit to say, you don't like me, you have negative to say about that, that is says and is more about you than it says about myself. Okay, so I have a question. If you had a client come in and say, okay, you were charging this much for you know, XYZ service. If you have a customer that comes in and says like, look, my budget is more of this. Do you try to switch your service and say to meet that I would have to do this much less? Oh, I am totally fine with doing that. Like I'm okay if you have a budget and a boundary, but I'm not going to do the same service for the higher price. Yeah. Or for the lower price. I'm not, I'm not going to go above and beyond to fit in your budget. Not that I'm not saying I won't give you equivalently good service, but for just for comparing what to what, if somebody comes in and they say that their budget is X that fits into a one row install, I'm not going to give them two rows to be able to meet their budget. Right. I will say, okay, that is totally fine. This is your budget. This is what can fall into that budget. This is what you can expect with one row versus two rows. Are you okay with that? And from there, if that fits into what they want, they need, that is amazing. But I will not just give and give and give anymore because I've learned that has hurt me in the end because what's funny is where I used to try to please because I wanted a certain person in my chair because I just thought it was like a status thing like oh so and so whether they were within the industry or whether they just like were a guest that people admired or maybe like relevant famous type yes yeah oh, I want them in my chair, so I will lower my services to get them in my chair whenever I finally realized the value that they were bringing to my business and no longer allowed them to kind of walk all over me. 
that's when I saw their true colors. They needed me as long as I benefited them. Okay, that makes sense. But then the minute that I stood my ground where this is not working, that's why I'm not a huge fan of trades. Like, I feel like our industries are like, oh, let's do a trade. Let's do a trade. Trade doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> Someone is always going to feel undervalued in a trade. Yeah. All sure, sure. And the person that gets the most frustrated or mad when a trade comes to the end is the person that gets the biggest value. Yeah. It's so never true. the person that is being undervalued that is frustrated about it. It's the person that is getting all the shit, but they're not holding up their end of the deal. So true. See, I feel like with my industry in makeup, so when we're doing makeup services, it's either like a wedding or let's say homecoming season. There are specific dates that have to be booked. There's only so many hours within the day. And I think I've grown to like, come to that understanding of like, I can only fit X amount of people in my chair to give good service to because I know it takes me this much time. There's this many hours. Nobody's going to want services before or after this time. And so it's for me, it's kind of like, I know what I can provide. And I really am not going to provide a lesser of a service to fit more people. It's just not going to like, I'm, I don't get fulfilled by that. So at my, in my industry, I am down to refer out. Like I am here oh, for yeah. it. Like I have a Rolodex of people that I'm like, look, I'm booked. Call so-and-so or so-and-so. Like they're gonna. But the interesting thing about referring out in my industry with makeup is everybody's at different price points. And so I have to kind of understand like who that person is asking me for the service. Like if I can't do it. Are you looking for like the best of the best that can withstand any challenge possible? Because I think that's where the value comes in with how much I charge for makeup. It's because you're getting almost 15 years of experience. You're getting cool, calm, and collected in the most stressful mm -hmm. environment. You're getting someone who can, anybody can sit in my chair and I'll know what to do with them. So versus some of the newer um, makeup artists in the industry. Who knows what's going to sit in their chair? They're going to freak out or maybe a certain skin color they've never done before. And so it's like you're getting somebody that like will not freak out on anything. So you're paying for that value. You know, there's there's value behind that. Or you can get somebody that's definitely cheaper. But if you're not the perfect face that they know how to do, you may not look good, you know. And so there's I'm down to refer out, but I have to know who it is and what you're looking for. You know, to know who to refer you to. Well, and I think that's like my biggest thing this go round with salon ownership is helping my staff and my team know their value from the start. Yeah. Like a lot of what my things that I'm trying to teach them with observations or just like tidbits of knowledge is. Like, let's not get too far in to have to backtrack because I've done that and it is not fun. So for example, we are as a whole, a Monday through Friday salon. We get some extreme praise for being open on Mondays because, oh gosh, most salons are not open on Sundays or Saturday, Mondays, geez. Um, but then we get some very strong comments for not being a very active 
Saturday salon. And I'm like, we have some Saturdays. And what I try to really get across to these girls is like, this is your work schedule. It's like any other job. So for instance, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is closed every Sunday. They are not going to open because so-and-so just needs to have, because guess what? I want Chick-fil-A every Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Everyone. (laughs) They're not going to open just because one person wants Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. I could be down the dang door and guess what? No one's going to show up. Well, you know why though? It's because they know their value and they value being closed on Sunday which is God's day. And they know that they're going to be, they're going to be provided Monday through Saturday. They know they're going to make their money. And that's well, and they're like, at times the girls have fought me on some of these. And I don't even say fought me at times. The girls have voiced concerns about me making certain decisions as a business owner. But what I always go back to is trust me, like, I'm never going to hold you back. What I'm trying to help you see is your value. Yes. So if they come back with, well, they mentioned that they could go to so-and-so who's open on a Sunday. Well, great. That stylist may fit better into their schedule. Because if we get into the habit of working our schedule around every person that prefers this time or this day or this service, that's whenever we fall into that oversaturation of the market and then you bring into, then you're now fighting competition of prices. It's like, no, set your schedule, set your boundaries, set your pricing in the right ones. If we focus on talking to one person versus all the people, they will fall into that and you will never have to worry about an oversaturation of your market. Because if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. Yeah, it's very true. Well, it's anything. There's everything that you have to go get done appointment-wise. Like, you can think of, like, a dentist or yeah. an eye doctor. Like, any appointment that you have to do, they're not not all going to open on Saturdays. Well, and if they are, that is a convenience. Most of them will have an extra charge for being open. Because I can I can tell you right now, to open my business an extra day, like, I know to the cent, to the dollar of what it costs to just have someone walk in my door. Okay, so wait, that's a question for you because I want to know your opinion on this. So I changed my prices, um, I guess maybe six months ago, maybe a little bit more. And I changed my prices to be a structure that Monday through Friday, this is my price. And I'm talking makeup services. Monday through Friday, if you need your makeup done, this is my price. On Monday through Friday prior to 8 o'clock or after 6 p.m., the the price goes up. So Mm -hmm. I have an increase on an early or late time call. Now, the other thing that's been new, and I'm trying to get a feel for people's opinions on it, but it's like this is what I'm doing now is I have a weekend price. Mm -hmm. So if you want me to leave my house on a Saturday where my business is closed, I am in the middle of family time, quality time, personal time, all of that. My price is extraordinary higher. I'm not going to tell you no. So I want your opinion on that. It's like I have a weekday price and then I have a weekend price. I'm not going to tell you no if I'm not already booked with something else. 
but the price is definitely higher. What is your opinion on that? Oh, I 100%. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that is like a, um, maybe a, I don't know if I'll call it a disagreement, but is kind of like nerve wracking for whenever I even bring it up to the girls. Because like a lot of the girls in my salon, they're building their clientele. They're either brand new out of school or they have moved and they are rebuilding a whole new clientele. So this is like either a culture shock, new mindset shock for some of my stylists, or it is a very like, but I'm brand new and I already don't have clients and what makes them going to want to sit in my chair? And I'm like, trust the process. Trust me. I've been there. I'm taking off years. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And it's like, would you rather work seven days a week and make the same amount of money that you could make yep. working less, but bringing quality service? Cause like a big thing for myself with the salon is quality service. So we're not just doing things to get people in and out the door. We are doing things. And this is where my view of oversaturation of the market. Absolutely not. I don't feel like there will ever be an oversaturation of any market. No. Because like what I'm talking about is not all that pertains to how we do things at my salon. It's just little bits and pieces and nuggets of things and mindsets that I have. But we have the guests coming in our door that we do for a reason. And there are several guests that come in one time and they don't stay because they don't value what we put out there and teaching these girls. That's okay. We are bringing in and we want to attract the guests that value the same integrity that we put out there. So if somebody just wants a quick in and out and they don't want that extra guest service experience, they don't want to follow our policies. I'm okay with being like, we're not the right salon for you. Yeah, 100%. And there's that's the people. So they could go somewhere else. That's just like a fast paced in and out. I just need something really quick. Like, and that's fine. There's like I said, there's people at every price point. Well, and it's so funny because just this past week, we had a possible new guest come in for one of my girls and um, she did a consultation and there was a little bit of shock with pricing with the consultation fee and the guest straight up said, Oh, so-and-so down the road said that I could get X for this amount. And it was almost like a negotiation tactic. And I'm like, we don't play that here. Yeah. Like our response is, well, uh, we appreciate you coming in. Thank you so much. We wish you the best. And we're always here if you ever need us. Yeah, that's perfect. So it's so funny that, you know, for myself, whenever I decided to go extension only guest, and I always feel like I have to explain this because like I still do color. Everyone just wears extensions um, that sits in my chair. The biggest feedback that I got from my guests that didn't fit into this new journey was, do you feel like this is just temporary? You're making a big mistake that people are just going to like, this is a temporary thing that people are into and you're going to lose all this clientele. And I'm like, 
Possibly. Well, you might, but you're going to gain other clientele that values, you know, what you provide. And you're, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you an educator with the extension line that you use? Yes. So I'm an educator. Uh, There's so many things. I'm an educator. I'm an in-salon host. I have a few other ventures coming up with them. Like, I didn't just make this decision lightly, right? per se. But if I wanted other opportunities in my career, I had to make some very strong decisions moving forward. I think this is where it comes into play, where you decided to work smarter and not harder. So you're going to have people that come sit in your chair. Yes, you're going to have possibly less amount of clientele, but you're going to have people that sit in your chair ready and willing to spend more money because they know that they are getting their hair done by the educator of this type of hair versus just anybody and everybody that does it. And I think what I want people to realize too with the oversaturation is it's not like I just pulled a number out my butt and was like, we're just going to charge this today. You reap what you sow type deal. So same with you, like you being able to have a Monday through Friday pricing. There's so many factors that go into it as well as like a true business person. And we're seeing more of this in our industry versus like, we just want to do hair for fun. Like, I feel like our industries are now being respected as more of true business owners and professionals. Like I can tell you literally the cost it is for just a foot to walk through my door. That is not what it costs to get a service and to do everything. It is just like the bare minimum of you walked in, you checked in on my computer system, you maybe got a drink out the fridge or a snack, you sat your butt in that chair at the front to then move into the station. That's that's where that cost stops. Everything else is lanyard. So when you're seeing a price or you're hearing a price, it is so meticulously figured out that it's not, I didn't just pick a price, but it's the same with any other business. So whenever we say oversaturation of market, we say that knowing we offer something specific and we will price accordingly. Right. So we will not we will not have everyone sit in our chair and we're okay with that. Yeah. I think the oversaturation of any market comes in strongly when people don't know who their customer is. I think that's where like, that seems like the full kind of answer is if you don't know who your target market is, you think everybody also wants your customers. So then that's when like an overview and you like a competition. Yeah. Like everybody wants the same customers I want, but it's like, no, they don't because the customer I want is this and that, and she looks like this and she spends her money on that. And, you know, there's so many characteristics of her that that's, she's a different person. So Uh she's not having a battle, you know, she's values different things. So that's where I think the oversaturation idea comes into play. 100. Love this. So good. I just hope this, like, people don't stop maybe a dream they have and, like, stop themselves from opening their business because they think 
so-and-so already did it or so-and-so already has gone that route. Like nobody can run a business like you can and what you're going to bring to it is just going to be so interesting and special. I just hope people don't stop themselves, you know? Well, and I think also being okay. Like this is another thing too. I feel like so many people get into opening a business because they just want something different and they don't know how to find it. Like to know that you don't always have to stray away. Maybe you're just not surrounding yourself by the right minded people or the right concept of people. So like to know that there are situations where Sometimes you just need a guidance. Like you don't have to fit into a cookie cutter and do everything that everyone around you is doing. So like that's where oversaturation can come in too. Because every salon in my area, we hear it so often, especially with us. Well, so-and-so down the road said this. So-and-so down the road said this. So-and-so down the road said they do pricing like this. Well, just because every single salon down the road may jump off a bridge, that don't mean I have to jump off that bridge, same bridge, different bridge, or a bridge. Yeah, and are they even profitable? Like, you don't, there's so many, like, assumptions when it comes to business. Like, you don't know, is that business ready to close on any bad month? Or are they profitable? Or does their business owner get a good cut and, like, a good owner's draw? Like, you don't know so many factors. That play well, into it. It's and all assumption. I think if you're going to go into business, yes, obviously most business owners go into it with the intention of they want to make a good living. They want to, this is a business for them. But if you as a business owner don't take your staff into account when going into business, in my opinion, that is a very strong set up for burnout for yourself as a, as an owner, because like my goal as an owner is to create a team that wants to be there longevity long-term, but if they choose to not, they choose to venture out. I'm going to support you, but I really don't want to create an environment where people don't feel validated in their feelings, their financial income, their freedom to grow individually. Like my goal is to create a space where people feel like they have an unlimited space to actually grow in their individual businesses. Because like truly, I believe together we can grow more. We can break this barrier of oversaturation than I can by myself. Yeah, I agree. And you and I have such a strong theory about there is no cap. Like there is no ceiling. And so you as the business owner, if we can give that to our employees to say, like, there is no ceiling, like you can grow with me as long as you want to. If you choose otherwise, that's fine, too. I'm here to support that. But like, this is how I view business and life. Like, there is no ceiling where I'm down to make as much money as I want to make. And you can do the same. Well, and it's funny you say that because... Here recently, I've heard several conversations about a specific salon in our area, and people have strong opinions about what goes on there, whether they are a guest having an opinion or a stylist having an opinion. 
And like my mindset, anytime I hear either one of those sizes, you don't know the why. You literally don't know the why. And what that salon does is what that salon does, but never get in the mindset of limiting yourself. Never feed into what you may hear others say about, they may have an opinion about that, but guess what? Don't feed into that because like the minute you start feeding into those limitations, the minute you start believing those limitations. So if we can take a minute to step back and when someone has maybe a negative feedback to give as a consumer or a guest about that salon, why don't we as stylists and professionals take that mindset, take that opinion, and instead of limiting ourselves, learn from it, observe. What are, the, what are they truly saying about their opinion with that salon? Oh, interesting. So I don't know. I just, I find topics like these very challenging to our brains, but like good challenging. Yeah. Well, it's so hard. I think that's been my biggest struggle being a business owner because for a long time, it's still like operation wise, it is just me. Like I have a team that helps run day to day stuff, but as far as the back end, like they're not involved in it. And I think that's the hardest thing for me has been able to like self-reflect like I feel like I can self-reflect but like also process wise like it's really hard to look at what you're doing and say like this is my waste of my time where am I doing bad like where can I do better like so things like this to where it's like we're asking ourselves questions but like I don't really know the answers I'm just like well, and I'm wondering how do you handle that because like I have a salon coordinator slash manager that Literally, if I didn't have somebody helping me stay on top of these tasks, like I drowned having her. How do you manage all the things without having that extra aid? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I constantly live off of to-do list and I constantly know what I have to go do next. And now I do have a virtual assistant who helps me with day-to-day stuff. Uh, But as far as like process in my business, I have a lot of mentors in a sense of like a business coach. Uh, My mother-in-law is, um, she's in financial. She knows like taxes. She's a CPA, like all of that stuff. So I have like advisory type people in my world, but the day-to-day stuff really is all on me. Now, the hard part is at the end of the year or at the end of the quarter, I try to take a step back and like reflect, like how can I pivot and do a little bit better and where, where am I wasting time and my process can be better. Like I can ask Lewis cause he's very like engaged in the business, but he doesn't do like the day-to-day stuff with me. But even with him, it's hard to get answers because he doesn't see all the things. So he can give me some advice, but he only sees pieces and parts and not every single situation that happens. But it's very hard. That would be the one thing that I would say I wish I had was another operations person to help me with things. But at the same time, then that's a whole struggle within itself. You know, having to work with somebody that's not really an owner. They don't really know all the things you know, but, you know, they're trying to give 
advice. I don't know what's harder. I really don't. Well, and I feel like for you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, like your your jewelry business, yeah. you are basing your sales off of selling. So like, do you feel like there's time during the day to get some of these tasks done that maybe, for instance, like you've been in the salon while it's a day to day, like I'm owning, but I'm behind the chair right. day in and day out. So like my time to get things done is at 10 p.m. at night, 4 a.m. in the morning. Like there's no downtime during the day. So like it's crucial that I do have that daily help to actually run because I literally have no my in my income coming into the salon refers on uh, relies on my hands literally being busy in somebody's head. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So mine's a little different because my business relies on um I have a wholesale aspect of my business where basically the stuff that I design, I turn around and sell to other boutiques. So they buy my stuff wholesale. So half of my business is wholesale related. The other half of my business uh, relies on my two stores slash my online stores to bring in sales. So my downtime comes in when I'm working at the store and maybe there's hours where like nobody comes in. It's hard to know what's going to come in because somebody could come in and literally drop hundreds of dollars or there could be nobody that day. So it's, it's a very interesting flex of sales and income, but I know exactly every single month what it's going to look like and yeah. where it's going to end. But a lot of my wholesale income, all of that I know prior because a lot of that, the way the turnover, the payouts are, like I know how much is bought and I know when I'm getting paid for it probably next month. Yeah. So my downtime, I guess to answer your question, comes in the slow moments in the store. When I'm actually in the store waiting, you know, customers can walk in, in so and out. But like, I can get a lot of stuff You're done. taking every opportunity while you have downtime to collect those, like, moments. You're taking advantage yes. of every opportunity to manage your business Correct. when there's the downtime of not having a true physical customer. Correct. But the hard part comes in when it's, like, you're wrapping up, let's say, the quarter. And you're doing all your stuff and you're kind of, you know, closing the books on that. That's the hard part where I'm like, what can I do better? Mm-hmm. That's where I struggle. But if, if I'm being honest, do you feel like this? You're closing up the quarter, yada, yada. You're actually planning not at that quarter for the next quarter. It was the quarter before that you're planning for the next quarter. Yeah. Because if you are planning, you're ending a quarter and that is your plan for going into the next quarter, you're already two steps behind as a business owner. Right. So we, I focus everything probably about six months out. Uh-huh. And so that's why like this oversaturation, I, I feel like we kind of got off this topic, but we're still on it in a sense of like, no, there's not oversaturation, but if you are extremely strategic with your back end business and what you're looking at, yeah. there is no such thing as a oversaturation of market. Because if it's a free for all and you're just talking to everyone, you don't know exactly where to direct your effort. Right. It's kind of like this we ran an ad on Google because we're a newer salon. We have a bunch of new stylists. We have some that are kind of figuring out where they want to specialize. We have some that are not. We ran an ad on Google 
it got us nothing. But two of our girls were marketing themselves on, they weren't paying for marketing, but they were posting in a neighborhood app. And oh my gosh, can I tell you the amount of calls we got in from those girls referring? Well, it took two and a half weeks, three weeks of us marketing on Google to go, this is not where our ideal target market is. We need to pivot. Yeah. So I feel I will firmly always stand behind success in a business, no matter what aspect of business you are in, does not rely on anything other than your ability to pivot. 100% agree. I feel like if you cannot pivot well, if you cannot take losses and gains and all that and pivot, that is where so many people don't succeed and cannot come out of not succeeding. Yep. If you can learn to pivot, you can almost do anything that you choose. Now, there's so much more to it than just pivoting, but that is the main focal point on what I feel is being successful in business. Agreed. I This might be a topic for like to dive into a whole nother episode, but I think business owners, when they get started, you think you have to have it all figured out on this is the type of business I'm going to run. This is my structure. This is my plan. But to your point, there's so much change that happened. <laughs> you can think you have, it's kind of like saying you'll get married when you're financially stable or you'll have a kid when you're financially yeah. stable. Like if you wait until that moment, you will never, do, never it. do it. Or like, this is how I'm going to raise a kid. And then the kid comes and you're like, screw it. <laughs> screw it. I can't do it that route. <laughs> uh, like this has been so fun. Oh. Because I, some people are going to like, listen to this and be like, this is boring as shit. But for someone that is nervous or scared or just literally doesn't know what to do next, like, I hope this helps them. I hope so, too. I hope it makes it real on, like, your your thoughts and your worries and all of that. Like, I hate to say it, doesn't go away. Just start the business. <laughs> yeah. Do it. There's... You can change it. It doesn't and I matter. always am looking for an investment. So here we go. <laughs> we're one thing you'll learn about us is we're always down for a new business. Yeah. Well, All right. Well, this helps somebody out there who's a little worried, but we got you, girl. You got this. Okay. We're going to hop off of here and we hope to see you soon. Can't wait. Oh, there goes my singing again. Sorry, guys. Thank you. Bye, you guys. <laughs> Bye. As a couple ambitious millennials, each episode will indulge in unfiltered, relatable conversations about modern life, business, entrepreneurship, love, parenting, and good old daily chaos. Whether we're conquering the morning with coffee in hand or celebrating our wins at night with a champagne toast, we'll be here to recap it all. You can find us on social media in the description below. Until next time, cheers everyone! Bye!